Section 14 of Ontario Public School Geography. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sarah Jennings. Ontario Public School Geography by the Ontario Department of Education. Section 14 The Province of Ontario. Position, Extent, and People. The Province of Ontario lying between Quebec on the east and Manitoba on the west, is, in respect to size, the second province in the Dominion. It is over 1,000 miles in greatest length, nearly 900 miles in its greatest width, and comprises a territory of more than 407,000 square miles, an area three and a half times as great as that of the British Isles. The eastern boundary of the province is more than 1,000 miles from the open Atlantic, the western province lies to the west of the centre of the continent. Naturally, we think of Ontario as an inland province. Yet, it has a larger coastline than many a maritime country. Along Hudson Bay and James Bay, the province touches salt water for a distance of 600 miles, while on the south, the shoreline along the Great Lakes and their connecting rivers measures at least 1,600 miles. Ontario also has a right-of-way five miles in width through Manitoba, from the provincial boundary to Port Nelson. Three-quarters of the people of Ontario are of Canadian birth, largely of British ancestry. In certain sections of the province there is a considerable number of French Canadians. Most of the inhabitants not born in Canada have come from the British Isles. There is a sprinkling of other nationalities as well, every country in Europe being represented to a greater or less degree. There are several large reservations for Indians within the province, with a population exceeding 27,000. Surface and Soil The whole of Ontario is a broad, rolling plain, without any prominent elevations marking its surface. From a belt of high ground, which crosses the province from east to west, to the north of Lakes Huron and Superior, the ground slopes imperceptibly to the Great Lakes on the south, and to James Bay and Hudson Bay on the north. Yet the province consists of two very different regions, Old, or Southern Ontario, comprising the lowlands along the shores of the St. Lawrence and Lakes Ontario and Erie, and Northern Ontario, to the north of Lakes Superior and Huron. Old Ontario, the wedge-shaped portion of the province, which lies south of Lake Nipissing, between Lakes Huron, Erie, Ontario, and the Ottawa River, is one of the most beautiful and prosperous districts in the British Empire. The rolling land of fertile clay or sandy loam is in the main admirably adapted for farming, and tilled farms are found everywhere. The only surface feature of note in Old Ontario is the Niagara Escarpment, which traverses the province from Queenston Heights to the western corner of Georgian Bay close to Owen Sound. The escarpment faces toward the north and east, and is well marked throughout its length. It divides southern Ontario into two plains. The lower eastern plain lies between the escarpment and the Ottawa River. The higher western plain slopes gently down to the shores of Lake Erie and Huron, from the top of the escarpment. The western plain is so productive that it deserves its name, the Garden of Ontario. Northern Ontario is entirely within the Laurentian Highland, and exhibits the general characteristics of that highland. It is for the greater part a vast region of forests, mineral lands, lakes, and rivers. The timber supply, despite great annual cuts and heavy losses from fires, is still very large, 
while the amount of pulpwood available is enormous. The mines of northern Ontario are even now producing in immense quantities, although the mineral lands of the north are as yet largely unexplored or undeveloped. In addition to these resources, northern Ontario possesses one of the finest areas of virgin land in the world. This is the great clay belt to the south of James Bay. The clay belt is a region of 16 million acres of fine farming land, which, when cleared of its heavy growth of pine, spruce, and poplar, and brought under the plough, will easily support a population as large as the present population of the whole province. Since the whole of Ontario is a plain, with no mountains and few hills of great size, the divides, which determine the courses of the rivers, are low. The most important of these runs along the north shore of Lake Superior, at no great distance from the lake, then traverses the province to a point about forty miles north of Lake Tamagami. The great clay belt lies upon the northern watershed, which slopes gradually toward James Bay and Hudson Bay. The St. Lawrence and the Great Lakes The St. Lawrence River and the Great Lakes form one of the longest as well as most important waterways in the world, measuring 1,900 miles in length. In its course it expands into five great lakes, four of which form part of the boundary of Ontario, Lakes Superior, Huron, Erie, and Ontario. These lakes, together with Lake Michigan, contain as much fresh water as all the other lakes of the world combined. The St. Lawrence River really has its source in the headwaters of the St. Louis River. Its first and greatest expansion, Lake Superior, is 383 miles long, with an average breadth of 84 miles. This deep inland sea is subject to violent storms, which lash its waters into a fury rivaling that of the stormy North Atlantic. The shores are bold and precipitous, with cliffs of rock rising from 300 to 1,500 feet above the water. Numerous islands fringe the coast, and in their lee vessels find shelter from storms. Lake Superior receives its main water supply from Lake Nipigon, 1,450 square miles in area through the Nipigon River. There are, however, other tributaries. Echemenistiquia is one of the most important of these. The city of Fort William is built at its mouth. Lake Superior empties its waters into Lake Huron through the St. Mary River, 63 miles in length. The river is navigable throughout its entire course, except at one point where there is a fall of 22 feet in less than a mile. To overcome this difficulty, canals have been constructed on both the Canadian and United States side of the river. The tonnage passing through the Sioux canals during the seven to eight months of open navigation is three times as great as that through the Suez Canal in the whole year. Lake Huron is 247 miles in length, with an average breadth of 92 miles. Georgian Bay is separated from the lake proper by Bruce Peninsula and Manitoulin Island. Between Manitoulin Island and the mainland is the North Channel, a picturesque sheet of water bordered by high rocky cliffs along the north shore. In Georgian Bay the beauty of the scenery is enhanced by a great number of islands, variously estimated at 30,000 to 47,500, with which it is bordered. Several important rivers flow into the North Channel in Georgian Bay. The Spanish River passes through an important timber area. The French, draining Lake Nipissing, the Severn, providing an outlet for the waters of Lake Simcoe, and the Magnetowan are the chief feeders of the bay upon the east. 
At its southern extremity, Lake Huron narrows and discharges its waters into Lake St. Clair through the St. Clair River, thirty miles in length and navigable throughout. This lake, which is about twenty-five miles long and of almost equal width, is very shallow and muddy. Through it a channel sixteen feet deep and three hundred feet wide is kept open by dredging. The Detroit River, thirty-two miles long, connects Lake St. Clair with Lake Erie. Lake Erie, the shallowest of the Great Lakes, is 241 miles long, with an average width of 41 miles. Owing to the shallow water, even a slight gale quickly raises a heavy sea, so that the lake is often very rough. The Niagara River carries the waters of Lake Erie to Lake Ontario. In its course it offers one of the grandest sights in the world, where the waters of the river plunge over the edge of the Niagara Escarpment in a sheer drop of a 158 feet. Below the falls the river runs very rapidly between steep cliffs. At one place it is compressed to a width of 300 feet, between cliffs of rock 200 feet high. There the waters swirl in a seething whirlpool, with a wild beauty rivaling that of the falls themselves. At Queenston, seven miles from the mouth of the river, the waters once again become tranquil. Steamers from Lake Ontario ascend the river to this point. As navigation between Lakes Erie and Ontario is prevented by the falls, the Dominion government has constructed the Welland Ship Canal to overcome the difficulty. Lake Ontario, the smallest of the Great Lakes, is 180 miles long, with an average breadth of 42 miles. Its shores are quite low, the highest elevation being 350 feet at Scarborough Heights, not far from Toronto. The principal inlets are Burlington Bay, at the western extremity of the lake, Toronto Bay, and the Bay of Quinte at the northeastern end. The shores of Lake Ontario narrow as Kingston is approached, and a little below that city the St. Lawrence River proper begins. Between Gananoque and Brockville, the river passes through the labyrinth of the Thousand Islands which by their picturesque beauty attract many visitors every summer. Below Prescott the river narrows, the stream quickens, and the water rushes fiercely down the long Sioux. Then it widens out into Lake St. Francis, down the Cedars and the Cascade Rapids, through Lake St. Louis and past the mouth of the Ottawa, the river flows, to enter upon its headlong rush through the treacherous Lachine Rapids just above Montreal. All the rapids in its course are overcome by canals, built and maintained by the Dominion government, so that vessels can pass from Fort William on Lake Superior to Montreal, and thence to the Atlantic Ocean itself. Climate Southern Ontario, owing to its latitude and the influence of the Great Lakes, has a comparatively mild climate. The great expanses of water, which almost surround it, moderate the temperature at all seasons. Consequently, neither the summers nor the winters are so extreme as in many districts further to the south, but beyond the influence of the lakes. Farther north, upon the high land which forms the divide between the Great Lakes Basin and that of Hudson Bay, the climate is much more severe, and summer frosts are not unknown. Still further north, however, the moderating influence of Hudson Bay is felt, so that in the great clay belt the winters are milder than in the district further south around Lake Superior. On the whole, the summers of Ontario are delightful. There are few days when the heat is very oppressive, and the nights are usually cool. 
the winters are dry and exhilarating, with many days of unclouded sunny skies and clear, bracing air. As in Quebec, the heavy snowfall in northern Ontario and the frozen rivers and lakes are a great help to the lumberman. The rainfall, averaging 30 to 40 inches annually, is abundant at all seasons, but especially so in the spring and early summer, when the growing crops need it most. Agriculture Ontario is essentially an agricultural province. The fertile soil and admirable climate permit the cultivation of a great variety of crops, and farming has been the chief occupation of the people ever since the first settlers began to clear the dense forest which covered the rolling plains of southern Ontario. Much of the province is unsuited to agriculture, but there are still millions of acres of virgin land of the finest quality which await settlement. Oats, wheat, barley, corn, hay, and potatoes are the staple crops. The growing of grain and vegetables, however, is not by any means the sole occupation of the Ontario farmer. Stock raising and dairying are the backbone of the industry, and the fodder crops and much of the grain crop are fed to the stock. Ontario raises excellent horses, cattle, sheep, and swine. Within the province is produced more than half of the cheese and about one-third of the butter made in the whole of Canada. Much of the cheese is exported. Fruit growing is now an important branch of agriculture in the province. Apples are grown almost everywhere in southern Ontario, the crop in the western section being especially abundant. The great fruit-growing section, however, is practically confined to the counties bordering Lake Erie and the western end of Lake Ontario. There apples, peaches, pears, plums, cherries, grapes, currants, raspberries, and strawberries are cultivated with splendid results. Vegetables are also grown in great quantities in this district. Large canning factories, which handle both fruit and vegetables, are found in many centres. These prevent waste and enable the grower to find a ready market for his surplus products. Tobacco culture is a growing industry along the Lake Erie shore in the counties of Essex and Kent. Mining Ontario stands easily first among the provinces in respect to the value of mineral productions. Almost all the minerals of economic importance, with the single exception of coal, are found in Ontario. The silver mines of cobalt have proved to be exceptionally rich. Other districts, such as Gauganda, also contain promising deposits of silver, and the development of new fields gives assurance that northern Ontario will stand high among the silver-producing countries of the world for a long time to come. The gold mines at Porcupine include one of the largest in the world. Gold ores are being found in other widely separated districts in the northern section of the province, such as the Red Lake District. Northern Ontario is now one of the great gold mining districts of the world. Ontario ranks first among all the nickel-producing countries. In fact, the nickel mines at Sudbury control the world's markets for this metal. Copper is found in the same district. In the country north of Lake Superior, and in the Rainy River district, there are extensive deposits of iron ore. It is probable that the Belcher Islands in James Bay will prove to be rich in iron. The chief works for smelting iron ore are at Sault Ste. Marie, Hamilton, and Port Colborne. Among the mineral products other than metals may be mentioned petroleum, produced in Lambton County, natural gas, which is especially abundant along the Lake Erie shore, salt, of which there are large deposits in southwestern Ontario, 
and stone and clay products, of which the value is increasing yearly. Lumbering The forest lands of Ontario comprise 102,000 square miles, an area more than equal to that of Great Britain. They contain great forests of red and white pine, which are valuable timber trees, as well as very large areas of spruce, balsam, fir, hemlock, jack pine, and poplar, suitable for pulpwood. Besides these there are many other varieties of valuable trees, oak, beech, maple, elm, basswood, and cedar are fairly abundant, especially in the woodlots which still dot the farms of old Ontario. The most important lumbering districts are on the upper Ottawa, to the west of Lake Superior, and to the north of Georgian Bay. The rivers of these areas are of great advantage to the lumbermen in floating the logs to the sawmills, which are located at various points. One of the largest newsprint mills in the world is in operation at Iroquois Falls, and many other pulp and paper mills, such as those at Capus Casing, Sault Ste. Marie, Dryden, Fort William, Port Arthur, Fort Francis, and Espanola, are scattered along the southern border of northern Ontario. Much timber has been destroyed in the past by forest fires and careless methods of lumbering. Fire rangers, however, now patrol the forests during the summer and autumn. Many splendid areas, totaling about 23,850 square miles, have been set apart by the government as forest reserves. Fisheries The freshwater fisheries of the province, which include the Great Lakes, Lake Nipissing, Lake Nipigon, and Lake of the Woods, are very valuable. Whitefish, trout, pickerel, and lake herring are the principal varieties sought by fishermen, but the catch includes pike, sturgeon, eels, perch, catfish, carp, and other coarse fish. Transportation Southern Ontario has a perfect network of railways, and Northern Ontario is being rapidly opened up by new lines. A line of the Canadian National Railways traverses southern Ontario from end to end, and there are numerous branches running in many directions. The main line of the Canadian Pacific passes up the Ottawa Valley to Mattawa, and thence westward across the whole province. From Sudbury a branch line runs to Sault Ste. Marie. Another line passes through Toronto from Montreal to Windsor. A direct line also runs from Toronto to Sudbury, giving connection with Winnipeg and the western provinces. From these trunk lines radiate many branch lines. The Canadian National Railways traverse Ontario on their way from Montreal to Winnipeg. There is direct communication by these lines between Toronto and Winnipeg, and Toronto and Ottawa, in addition to various other branch lines. Another national line, on its way from the Maritime Provinces to Winnipeg, passes through the province upon the northern slope of the Hudson Bay Divide, and helps to open up the clay belt for settlement. A branch connects the main line with Port Arthur. The Timiskaming and Northern Ontario Railway, owned and operated by the provincial government, runs from North Bay to Moose Factory on James Bay. Several United States railways, such as the Michigan Central and the Père Marquette, also enter the province from the south. The main waterway of the province is formed by the Great Lakes, with their connecting rivers. During the summer months many lines of steamers, both freight and passenger, are in operation. Many steamers are engaged in carrying grain from Fort William and Port Arthur down to various lake ports or to Montreal. Ore steamers and boats carrying general freight help to swell the numbers of the Great Lakes fleet. 
Regular passenger liners run from Sarnia, Owen Sound, and Port McNichol to Fort William and Port Arthur. Magnificent steamers handle the tourist traffic between Hamilton, Toronto, Kingston, and Montreal, and the lower St. Lawrence. In addition to the canals of the St. Lawrence and Great Lakes route, there are two important canals in Ontario. The Rideau Canal connects Ottawa with Kingston by a much shorter route than that down the Ottawa River and up the St. Lawrence to Lake Ontario. The Trent Valley Canal, from Trenton through the Kawartha Lakes to Georgian Bay, provides a shortcut through the heart of the province from Lake Ontario to Georgian Bay. Besides these long canals, the Murray Canal, only a trifle over five miles long, separates the peninsula of Prince Edward County from the mainland, greatly shortening the distance into the Bay of Quinte for vessels coming from the west. Manufactures Ontario is fortunate in not being dependent upon coal alone to turn the wheels of her factories. Close to the great industrial section of the province is Niagara Falls, where electric power is generated. All over the province are many falls and rivers which are being used for a similar purpose. Blessed with an abundance of raw materials from field, forest, and mine, with unsurpassed transportation facilities, and with this cheap and widely distributed power, Ontario is well equipped for manufacturing. There are about 10,000 factories in operation. Almost every village has its manufacturing plant of some size and importance. Nearly every class of goods on the Canadian market is manufactured within the province. The chief are iron and steel products, electrical apparatus, agricultural implements, automobiles, food products, flour, oatmeal, canned goods and meat products, textiles and clothing, leather goods, shoes, pulp and paper, brick, cement, and glass and wood products of all kinds. Summer Resorts Ontario offers not only profitable work of many kinds to its inhabitants, but also unequalled facilities for rest and sport. The delightful climate, the numerous lakes and rivers with their splendid fishing, and the beautiful scenery of many parts of the province make them ideal spots in which to spend vacations. The Georgian Bay and Muskoka districts, Lake Tomogamy, the Kawartha Lakes, the Thousand Islands, and Lake of the Woods are favoured resorts, not only for the people of Ontario, but also for thousands of tourists from the United States. The smaller towns on the shores of Lakes Ontario, Erie, and Huron also attract summer visitors. Niagara Falls ranks high among the famous beauty spots of the world. In addition to the privately owned summer resorts of Ontario, there is the Algonquin National Park, set aside by the provincial government for the free use of the public. This great tract of 2,000 square miles presents all the native beauty of a Canadian Northland forest, unmarred by the hand of man. Its enchanting lakes and streams teem with bass and trout. The forests are alive with moose, deer, and beaver, while thousands of wildfowl and other birds nest within its confines. No one is permitted to shoot within the limits of the park, and only enough fish to supply needed food may be caught. Other Ontario reservations are the Rondeau Provincial Park and the Quetico Provincial Park. There are also several parks which are set aside by the Dominion Government, Point Pelee, Thousand Islands, and Georgian Bay Islands National Parks. Cities and Towns Toronto, situated on a spacious harbour of Lake Ontario, is the capital of the province. It is the largest city of Ontario and the second in size in the Dominion. 
The city is noted for its splendid residential sections of well-built homes, spacious lawns, and fine old trees. There are many public parks which add greatly to the beauty of the city. In Queen's Park stand the legislative buildings, close to the grounds and splendid buildings of the University of Toronto and its affiliated colleges. The business of the city is large and varied. As its situation and unsurpassed transportation facilities make it a great distributing centre. Toronto is the headquarters of the eastern section of the National Railways. Its industries include foundries, clothing and whiteware industries, meatpacking establishments, implement factories, railway shops, and many others equally important. The city is the centre of the radio industry of the British Empire. Hamilton is the second city of the province. It is beautifully situated on a magnificent landlocked harbour at the western extremity of Lake Ontario. Behind the city rises the Niagara Escarpment, which there closely approaches the lake. Surrounding the city is one of the finest fruit districts in North America. Hamilton is essentially a manufacturing city. There are several huge industrial plants and a host of smaller ones. The chief manufacturers include iron and steel products of all kinds, agricultural implements, machinery, electrical apparatus, cotton fabrics, boots and shoes, clothing, building materials such as brick, lumber and roofing, and furniture. The city is the seat of McMaster University. Ottawa, the third city of the province, and the capital of the Dominion of Canada, has a population only slightly less than that of Hamilton. It is picturesquely situated on a cluster of hills overlooking the Ottawa River. The Dominion Parliament buildings and government offices give an air of dignity to the city, and millions of dollars have been spent in improving its parks, driveways, and general appearance. Ottawa University is located there. The chief industry of the city is the lumber trade. The Chaudière Falls on the Ottawa River, between Ottawa and Hull, provide electricity to run the street railways and to light the streets of both cities, as well as to drive the machinery of the factories that cluster along the banks of the river. London, on the Thames River, is situated midway between Toronto and Detroit. Its situation in a fine agricultural district and its good railway facilities make it an important distributing centre. It is a city of many and varied industries. Many people are employed in making stoves and furnaces, boilers, boots and shoes, hosiery, ready-to-wear garments, biscuits and confectionery. The University of Western Ontario is situated there. Windsor, on the Detroit River, is a thriving city with many flourishing industries, including those connected with the manufacture of tobacco, salt, automobiles and automobile accessories, and wire fencing. The city is connected with Detroit by a railway tunnel, and also by a passenger tunnel a mile in length from portal to portal. The city of East Windsor owes its importance chiefly to the automobile industry. The separate municipalities of Sandwich, Walkerville, and Ojibwe form a continuous city with Windsor and East Windsor, and the whole group is known locally as the border cities. Brantford, on the Grand River, is the centre of a prosperous agricultural country. Its manufactures, mainly agricultural implements, machinery, stoves, carriages and woolens, add to its commercial importance. The Provincial Institution for the Blind is situated in this city. Kingston, situated near the eastern end of Lake Ontario, is the seat of Queen's University and the Royal Military College. The industries of the city include the manufacture of locomotives and leather goods. A short distance away is one of the Dominion government penitentiaries.
Peterborough is situated on the Otonabee River, which provides electrical power for many factories. Its manufactures include electrical appliances, woolens, cereal foods, and packed meat. St. Catharines and Niagara Falls are distributing centers for the productive agricultural district of the Niagara Peninsula. Both have several large industries which increase their importance. Fruit canning, wine manufacture, paper making, and the manufacture of edge tools give employment to many people in St. Catharines. Niagara Falls, besides being a famous tourist resort, is also the center for the power plants which are harnessing the Niagara River for the benefit of the province. At Welland, on the Welland Canal, is a large ferro-alloy plant with eight electric furnaces. Kitchener, Galt, Guelph, Woodstock, and Stratford are busy cities in the heart of the Lake Peninsula. All produce a large output of manufactured goods of many kinds. At Guelph is located the Ontario Agricultural College and Experimental Farm. The district around Woodstock is noted for its dairy products, and a great quantity of butter and cheese is shipped from this city. In Stratford are large railway shops belonging to the Canadian National Railways. St. Thomas and Chatham serve as distributing and marketing centers for the counties bordering upon the western part of the Lake Erie shore. The Michigan Central Railway maintains large construction and repair shops in St. Thomas. Chatham is situated at the head of navigation on the Thames River and enjoys the advantages of being a lake port. Both cities have large manufacturing plants which contribute to their prosperity. Belleville on the Bay of Quinte, Sarnia on the St. Clair River, and Owen Sound on Georgian Bay are lake ports of importance. At Belleville is located the Provincial School for the Deaf. At Sarnia is the St. Clair Tunnel, which connects the railway systems of Ontario and Michigan. Owen Sound has one of the finest harbours on the Upper Lakes. These three cities are manufacturing and distributing centres, as is also Oshawa on Lake Ontario. This last city is a noted centre for the manufacture of automobiles. In fact, Oshawa takes third place among the manufacturing cities of Ontario. Cornwall and Brockville on the St. Lawrence River and Smith's Falls, an important railway junction, are among the larger manufacturing towns of eastern Ontario. Goderich on Lake Huron and Collingwood and Port McNichol on Georgian Bay are all busy lake ports. Barrie and Aurelia on Lake Simcoe and Lindsay on the Scugog River are thriving towns in the centre of southern Ontario. In northern Ontario, the twin cities of Fort William and Port Arthur are of prime importance. They are situated on Thunder Bay, at the head of Canadian navigation on Lake Superior. Fort William is the lake terminus of the Canadian Pacific Railway. Both cities are terminal points for lines of the Canadian National Railways. They have immense elevators for handling the grain from the western provinces. Both cities are well supplied with electric power and are making rapid progress in manufacturing. The city of Sault Ste. Marie on the St. Mary River is a hive of industry. Cheap power is provided by the river. The ore in the neighborhood furnishes raw material for its large iron and steel plants, while the supply of spruce for its pulp mills is almost inexhaustible. North Bay, on Lake Nipissing, is an important railway junction. It is the gateway to the North Country. Sudbury, Cobalt, and Timmins are mining towns of northern Ontario. Kenora, far in the west of the province, is a thriving town on the shore of the beautiful Lake of the Woods. 
Cochrane, at the junction of Timiskaming and Northern Ontario Railway, with one of the lines of the Canadian National Railways, is the centre of the fertile clay belt. It already numbers some thousands of inhabitants, and is supplied with electric light and power. End of section 14